what will truly get your excitement level up is to discover things about your spouse that you don't know. I mean, think back, think back about courting. What's courting all about? Getting to know you, mysterious creature that you are, right? Mm -hmm. And in turn, to let them discover things about you that they don't know. I mean, this is a two-way street here. This week, Dr. Noel Nelson is back to share a new study that offers questions that will help you and your spouse get closer and avoid the roommate syndrome. And I think you will find this fascinating. Stay tuned. Okay, here's the deal. I love wine. I know a little bit about wine, but I'm not an expert. But you know who is? Our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting. We have been working together for five years now, and I can honestly say that they have delivered to my door some of the best wines I have ever had. We started working with them so that we could deliver to you an ongoing reminder, a treat, to slow down with your spouse and enjoy each other's company and to reconnect. To help facilitate, with each shipment, we provide simple date night ideas, and Touring and Tasting shares background information on the wineries and includes recipes that will pair well with your wines. I should note that many of these wines are typically only available if you actually visit the winery or become a member of that wine club. The customer service from Touring and Tasting is ridiculous. I have a friend who joined and then called me to rave about how enjoyable their customer service experience was. That's unheard of, right? So here's the deal. There are no membership fees. Shipping is free. You can cancel at any time, and these unique award-winning wines come with 100% satisfaction guaranteed, which means they guarantee the wine is delicious or they will replace it free upon request. If you decide the wine you just had was amazing and you want to reorder, you can save up to 70% off of retail. Now here's the closer. If you sign up today, you will receive your first shipment for half price. You can join right now and get your first shipment for a flat fee of $49 plus tax. This is before the half price offer. So your pre-taxed first shipment is less than $25 for two amazing bottles of wine. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join today. Gift options are also available Ahem, wedding season around the corner. And again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join in celebrating your marriage. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the talented, the brilliant Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, Noelle is a relationship expert, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many, many best-selling books. Uh, her most recent relationship book uh, is Your Man is Wonderful, but her newest book is Happy, Healthy, Dead. You can get that and uh, a lot of other information and access to the other books at her website, noellenelson.com. Uh, and of course you can find this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. Um, bef 
we we have a an interesting one, and you were just telling me uh, before we started recording, Noel, that you are uh, looking forward to surprising me with this one. So I'm I'm kind of kind of psyched on this. Um, <laughs> we're 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 talking specifically about the roommate syndrome, and to set the stage when when we've been together when uh, a couple has been together for a while and been married for a while uh, and life has gotten busy and they have kids and a job they may find you may find uh, you're behaving more like roommates than spouses but you say Noel that the roommate syndrome isn't just about a decrease in physical intimacy but it's when you pretty much know everything about each other and it's cozy and comfortable, but not very new or exciting. Now, my initial reaction to this is, well, just take up some new hobby together or spruce up your date nights or do something exciting like that. But you're saying that might not be the only answer? <laughs> well, it certainly is a good answer. It's a great place to start. Absolutely to, you know, take up, like you said, a new hobby or a sport or whatever and make your date nights more than just uh, dinner and a movie. But really, what will truly get your excitement level up is to discover things about your spouse that you don't know. I mean, think back, think back about courting. What's courting all about? Getting to know you, mysterious creature that you are, right? Mm -hmm. And in turn, to let them discover things about you that they don't know. I mean, this is a two-way street here. Sure. Um, and, and so, like, we, we have talked about, like, the introduction to this was when you pretty much know everything about each other. So this really will require a little right. bit of effort. Um, so my question, my follow-up question to this is, how are you going to do that? Because, you know, you, you're not going to start reading their text messages or spy on them when they're at work. Um, and obviously you don't want them doing that to you either. So what, what is the solution here? No, of course you don't. I mean, for one, reading each other's texts or emails, unless you deliberately say, hey, honey, honey, look at this funny text or whatever Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. It's, it's just invasion of individuality. And uh, the best couples are two individuals who come together, not, you know, complete merged sort of clone creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want that. And and no, you don't want them, you know, you don't want to go through the 20 questions of what you did on boys' night out or girls' night out. That's, that's intrusive too. So what I came across is this absolutely fascinating study, which was done by some psychologists. Uh, the lead was Professor Arthur Aaron. And they were trying to figure out how people form close relationships. Now, Established relationships can take years to form, right? Especially close. The closeness doesn't come within the first three months, six months, often a year. The closeness comes over time as you as you have experiences together and all the rest of it. But they wanted to study how relationships form, and they weren't exactly going to follow people around for, you know, a few years. So what they discovered is there is a set of questions which – Oddly enough, when the responses are shared between two people, those two people, even if they never met before and weren't intending or, you know, uh, looked like match-worthy mating prospects or anything else like that, just two people, would would these questions foster closeness? And what they found is, sure enough, these questions 
actually made people fall in love mm-hmm. in the space of 45 minutes. Now, I'm not saying it was lasting love forever, sure, sure. but it did, it did foster a closeness, which was really, really surprising. And to boot, what they found that fully 30%, now that's, that's, a, that's a whole third, one mm-hmm. third of the people formed their closest ever human relationship in these brief 45-minute encounters. The, Have that, I now tickled your curiosity? That, <laughs> my, now, here's the journalistic, cynical uh, part of my brain, which is, uh, <laughs> was this study done for like Match.com or something? Um, Absolutely not. It was done, actually, it was done in New York, I believe at New York University, by a very highly regarded psychologist, and the journal was called Interpersonal Closeness. It never even got to something like Match, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Uh, By the way, I I say that, but then I also believe like, hey, they got to make some money too, and good research is good research. It doesn't matter uh, if you know, how it's funded or whatever, but yeah, that, that's a right. side point. Um, okay. So you have tickled my curiosity and now I want to know, like, what are these magical mystical questions that they came up right. with? Right. And you're going to be surprised. You really are. Okay. Um, there are 36 of them. Okay? okay. It's not exactly for lightweights. I mean, this is, you know, a serious study, believe it or not. But more importantly, what I want to point out is, okay, the questions are really important, but the questions you ask of the person after their first response is even more important. Mm. And it's what I think of as the famous why. Um, you know that, that one of the hats I wear is a trial consultant. Yeah. And as such, I run focus groups. And focus groups are simply a, a group of, of people brought together to um, deliberate on a, on a certain matter. Okay, And so after they've heard whatever it's about – I get to sit in the room with them and I'll ask them questions, right? But the question I always ask after the first question is why? And they get really tired of hearing it. Why? Uh-huh. <laughs> with that tone of voice. Or because? Yeah. Because that's, that's what gets fascinating. So I'm going to read you a couple of the questions and bear in mind that you have to be willing to reveal right? In order for these questions to matter. And the very first one is, given the choice of anyone in the world, with whom would you want, excuse me, who would you want as a dinner guest? Oh, Oh, yes. Do they have to be alive? No, it didn't say that at all. Okay. It just said, given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? And Noelle's famous question immediately after the name was given would be, why? Yeah, no, I... (laughs) Because you can see that the why would be the reveal. Sure. It's funny that you say that because that was actually where my brain went first is Uh I started like rattling through a couple um, historical figures and then I thought like, okay, why would I want them there? What questions do I want like what kind of conversation do I want to have? And why them? And why I mean, them? there's an awful lot of people, past and present. Well, that's why I would... Let me read you a couple yeah. more that are very different from okay. that. Okay. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Hmm. Why? <laughs> yeah. 
If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? Oh, the body for sure. I want the mind of the 90-year-old. Oh, the mind for sure. No, I want the body of a 30-year-old and the mind of the 90-year-old. Yes, but the implication here. Now, see, that's a very interesting answer because I would immediately go, the mind. <laughs> now, and I, why would I answer that so differently? Do you see? Mm-hmm. How these questions, what they really do is they, they facilitate discovery yeah. in a word. And if you're open about it and you're truthful about it, then – it's pretty easy to see how these kinds of questions can foster closeness. Mm-hmm. Um, be- before we, before I uh, a- have you ask me a specific one, um, <laughs> or I'm forced to answer, where can people um, find these questions if they're like, "Well, this is really great information." Now I have no idea where to get this, get these magical questions. Um, wow, that is a really good question because I got them because I subscribe to a, um, a blog called SciBlog, um, which is for those of us who are psychology freaks. I subscribe to Um, that one too. Do you? And you missed this? I do. I, oh my gosh, I can't believe you missed this. Honestly, if the link doesn't, um, capture my imagination immediately, I am the worst. I'm, I'm... You have two so, seconds. Link, and- the link was how to fall in love. 36 questions that can make love blossom in 45 minutes. Oh, you know why? Here's the deal. No. Because I get <laughs> – no, you don't know. You can't read my mind. Um, this is the deal. And this – to anybody out there, particularly PR, marketing people who pitch me stuff, if anybody sends me anything about falling in love, I almost delete it without even checking out the context of that message. And the reason Understood. is, is because, um, when we launched hitched over 10 years ago now, um, we had a, a, a hell of a time trying to get across the message that we were not a wedding based site. We are all about ah. happily ever after we are about how do you have a happy marriage? Not how do you plan this amazing party? And so, um, after all that time, the the swell of wedding information has finally died down, but I still mm-hmm. get information about landing that perfect man or woman. And right. um, whenever I see anything about falling in love or attraction, you know, like the, the laws of attraction right. or whatever, although I do realize to your point, it would definitely apply to marriage. Um, I well, and delete that's it my bias. Well, that's the thing. And right. I, so I like my bias is I delete it almost reflexively without even seeing right. what it is. So just right. a little. So that's that actually makes a lot of sense why I would have just like boop delete. Shined it on. Right. Well, I, um, I can certainly forward the link to you, Steve. Yeah, please. And I will um, I will put it in the notes. Uh, of the podcast. So you can go to our website, hitchmag.com and click the podcast link uh, where you can see the entire archive as well as the description 
and uh, the link will be there. And I will try to also include it in the notes of the episode. So if you're right. viewing the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or however you get it, um, the link will appear there as well. So there we go. We answered that question. Right. Because the, the point to, to your point and, and why it intrigued me is that I immediately saw how this could generate further closeness between people who've known each other very well for the same reason, which is, you know, journey of discovery. But that is not mentioned in this article at all. Well, it's funny this, too. this article. Is, that wasn't its uh, purpose. Yeah. It, it, I was just going to add, it's funny, be, you know, I just admitted my, my bias towards attraction, you know, uh, finding the person, perfect person or discovering the perfect person and how, whatever, um, but I also am the person who advocates for Valentine's Day because it puts so much emphasis on those like early day of the relationship type feelings where you're putting forward a lot of effort. Um, so this mm-hmm. kind of falls into that same category of it totally does rediscovery um, or new discovery, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. OK, with with uh, now that we know where to find the questions, uh do you want to do you want to do one or two? Of course I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I would and I would like to take that very first one because I think it's very revealing given the choice of anyone in the world and and we can take, you know, past or present doesn't matter. Who would you want to have as a dinner, dinner guest? My Oh that is such a hard one. It's an only Isn't it? one. It is so hard because there's so many different questions. Like an obvious answer would be like Jesus uh, or something like that. And the why to that would be because first and foremost, uh, his life has influenced so much of history that I would like to know what is true, <laughs> what has been made. Uh-huh. Uh, I would also like to know his philosophies. Uh, you know, I granted there is a book about it. <laughs> There's more than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you meant the Bible. I know you but, meant yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, ultimately I would like to get some answers, right? Um, so there's that one. But then I think more con- in a more contemporary setting, um, somebody like Steve Jobs, where I mm-hmm. would like to ask him about his philosophies. And I guess now that I'm talking about more than one, one person, I'm really digging into like life philosophies of these people, you know, rather mm-hmm. than, uh, you know, inviting Biggie Smalls to find out who killed Tupac. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so my turn, am I allowed to, yeah, as was about to say, am I allowed to ask you who, who would be your dinner guest? On the contrary, that's the way this goes. Okay. In other words, uh, the, the, f- the first person uh, reads the question out loud, and then they both answer, and then they take a, the next person, uh, you know, that didn't ask the question the first time, asks the next question out loud, and then they both answer. I mean, it goes like that. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, you're allowed to ask me who, given the choice of anyone in the world, what I want as a dinner guest. And since you chose a past and a present, I will take a past and a present. And my past is going to be very close to yours, but with a twist, okay. which is I would want to have dinner with Mary – Holy Mary, Mother of God. I would want to know, what was that like? From the very beginning, and 
interestingly enough, I'm less interested in the truth, as in, did you really see an angel? As I am to, what was your reaction? How did it make you feel? What was it like to be nine months with the Son of God in your belly? Assuming that, you know, assume, sure. taking that as the, as the assumption, the baseline. And then, and then, what did you feel as you were trying to raise this critter? I mean, was it scary? Were you overjoyed? Did you have guidance? Did you feel like there were angels around you? I mean, I have about 3,000. And then, yeah. of course, leading up, and what was it like to know he's going to die so young, even though that wasn't so young at the time, since sure. people didn't live till past 50 usually, but still, he was only 33. What was that like for you? And then, what about your life after? Mm. What happened? Was Joseph around? Did you have another kid? I mean, I've got, you know, is the Da Vinci Code real? <laughs> really. <laughs> and the why is because I am so curious about you as a person. Mm-hmm. Well, that's such a smart answer, too, because you get, <laughs> you get the take that most people just ignore. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good. Okay, so what's your um, contemporary? And my present is much yeah. more obvious. My contemporary is really obvious, Steve. I would like to have Obama to dinner. Oh, see, I, I have want actually – oh, man. See, I've actually thought of that one in the past too. That is a great answer. Yeah. Well, because I want to know, first of all, what in the world was it like to be the first African-American president of the United States given all our history? Mm-hmm. What? How, how did that hit you? Like a ton of bricks or like, well, the next logical step. I mean the man was at least to outward, outward appearance, very calm and very rational. And then what's it like having to juggle 50 million different jobs? What was it like? How did you how did you feel about Congress, you know, making it really rough and chat? I want to know all that. And then I want to know how did you talk to your kids through that time? Mm-hmm. Did you did you get a chance to talk to your kids? Etc. Yeah, that is a great answer too. Yep. Yeah. So I don't think it's about let's put it this way. You and I just discovered something different about each other. Mhm. Yeah, no, that I learned that your curiosity is about life's philosophies, yeah, which is really interesting to me. And then you learned that what's interesting to me is the personal reaction. Mm-hmm. So imagine doing that kind of exercise and longer. I mean, we, we did it really short form here for 36 questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you would, you would definitely uh, get a a better grasp <laughs> of, of who an individual is. And now as you're asking these questions, I noticed something, and this is because you're a pro at it. You were very quickly and easily able to, um, identify, uh, and analyze the responses that were given. What about people well, I who are less Well, I kind of do that for a living. <laughs> no, I know. That's what I mean. And so my question is, for those who are not as in tuned uh, to picking up that kind of information, do you have any tips for them as to when you're when somebody is giving you their answer, here's how to actively listen and absorb and analyze their answer to like really understand – what it is they're telling you as opposed to like, oh, they like so-and-so. Right. Um, I, I think you just hit on the key right there, Steve, which is don't be focused on the, oh, they like so-and-so. 
Because mm-hmm. I could get focused on when you said, oh, Jesus, oh, must be religious. Oh, Steve Jobs, oh, must be a techie. Um, those, those are judgment type uh, yeah. thoughts, if you will. And what you want to do instead is just listen really hard. That's why the why is so important, asking why. Because really you'll get the answer from the person in the why. You gave it to me. Mm-hmm. You said life's philosophies. Yeah. It, it, it's not it's not uh, rocket science, really. It's a matter of listening without judging or jumping to conclusions, which is what we often do. Well, it's interesting that you said um, the thing about Jesus and religion, because I'm not religious, actually. <laughs> uh-huh. I grew up with religion. Um, uh-huh. I was uh, raised Catholic. I was an altar boy. I did the whole shebang. Um, mm-hmm. But I find the history like extraordinarily fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful that I grew up with that background uh, because yes. so much of the world revolves around religious beliefs um, and, and everything from policy to borders to you name it. It's, it's all so mm-hmm. deeply baked into everything. So anywho, um, I just wanted to point out that and somebody made that assumption about me just based on that answer I give, gave, they would be wrong. Correct. So again, that's what, where I said the more important question is the why or because mm-hmm. that follows the, the response. Because yeah. that's when you find out what's really going on. And for you, for example, you didn't say, in, when I asked you why Jesus, you didn't say anything about religion. Mm-hmm. What you did say is, I want to know what was real, what wasn't real, which is the history and, and his life philosophy. And then when you spoke of Steve Jobs, same thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, well, I want to know what his life philosophy. Well, it, you know, if I'm listening, which is all I really am doing, as opposed to jumping to conclusions or jumping to judgment, mm-hmm. then I'll I'll get it. You know, yeah. One- and if you miss, you know, if you misinterpret on one or two, it doesn't matter. There's 36 of darn things. Yeah, and you know, the- I wouldn't advise doing them all in one sitting. By the way, no, I, I mean, I think this is a, a great idea. Like I'm thinking about this and I'm like, oh, this would be a fun thing to do on a road trip or something along those lines. The other thing that I wanted to point out is unlike when you're dating, there might be that nagging thing in the back of your head of like, oh, I hope hope this person likes me or I hope this person – like I give the right answer so we can see Mm -hmm. each other again. Guess what? You're married. <laughs> They're going to see you again. <laughs> they like you. You already have that information. So you can be That's a really good point. brutally honest about your answers without feeling like judged for who you are right. and acceptance because that is that is the benefit of doing this when you're married. You know, going back to what I originally mentioned about, uh, you know, deleting this email when I received it. Um <laughs> You you have that benefit. So you might actually get more out of this because you're able to really let loose with your answers and be deeply, deeply honest because you have that right. closeness already. Right. So. That's a really good point. I would see this as a relationship builder mm-hmm. once yeah. you're already in it more than anything else. I Well, I will be honest, Noel. I am excited to get that email again. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I did tickle your curiosity. You did, you did, and so I can uh, sit down with my wife, and and we can go through some questions, and I can learn things about her. And I, I I'm already like interested to hear, and I feel like I have we have had this conversation about the dinner mm-hmm. guest before. Um, I don't think it was limited to the one person, although 
I cheated and immediately spouted off too. But um, yeah, no, this is this is good. I'm excited. Well, and as you saw, and this is for the benefit of our listeners, uh, you know, Steve and I didn't st- just because it said one person in the world we jumped on you know well past or present well i don't know so let's pick two i mean i I would not take these questions as set in cement yeah um i would use them and then allow yourselves the free form because it it is all play and it is discovery it's not about rigid and there are no right answers or wrong answers period there just aren't Mm -hmm. no that is I'm, i'm glad you brought up that point too that is a excellent point because that's the other thing, too, is you don't want people to sit down to answer these questions and then they it breaks out into a fight because somebody's not doing it, quote unquote, right. So right, exactly. um, I'm glad you made that point. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Was there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrapped up shop today? No, it just tickles me that I could bring something to Hitched Mag, which is maybe slightly a tiny bit new. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it is. I uh, honestly, it's. It's so interesting how after all these years of doing this and all the articles and all the podcasts that there is still new information. And part of it is is through what you just described of people doing these studies that reveal this new mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. one um, this week, which I actually have a couple bones to pick with, but I did find it interesting, which was a relationship between – um, marriage rates and fracking and how the economic boom of fracking before where there was economic booms, kid, uh, marriage and, and kids followed. And in this new uh-huh. study, um, in this new study basically showed there was an economic uplift and there were, was a tiny tick in kids, but there was not that same boom in marriage rates. Um, Huh. My the bone that I pick with this is I feel like they're selective with the data. Um, <clears throat> their data was picking um, people between the ages of eighteen to thirty-four, which goes in line with census data. Um, but we know that men don't even marry until the age, like the average age of marriage for men is twenty-nine. Which means basically right. that first decade, like you're getting like the sub sample and you're only getting, you know, five years of like the the average and above. Right. So there's there was like some things like that that I was like, uh, like I understand what they're doing and I and I and I do find it interesting. And I'm not saying that there isn't something there there, but I just feel like it could have been a little stronger. But right. To the point there is constantly new information coming about and I find it extremely fascinating. And so when, when you bring up new stuff like this, it gets me really excited. This is good. (laughs) Okay. So we will wrap it up. So thank you so much for your time and your questions, Noel. It is always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And before you guys uh, log off, I want to first thank you so much for listening each and every week and sharing the podcast with your friends and family and hopefully your spouse. Um, And I want to remind you that Noelle is a relationship expert and popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad. Her most recent relationship book is Your Man is Wonderful. Uh, Her most newest book is... Uh, happy healthy dead which basically talks about how you can live 
a fulfilling, active life all the way to the very end. Um, and piggybacking off of that, uh, Noel, the book, by the way, is filled with lots of great stories and anecdotes and things. Um, and piggybacking off of that, Noel launched a online group called Meet the Amazings, and you can uh, follow the group, join the group on Facebook, Meet the Amazings, uh, where Noel regularly posts um, stories of people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, 100 plus doing really amazing things or starting really amazing things. You know, people like 83 years old and decided to start running marathons, just crazy things like that. Uh, and so it's really inspirational because a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm going to get old. Like these are my good years now when I'm in 30, 40, 50, 60. No, 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 no. You can keep doing that stuff to the end. So follow the group, buy her book, Meet the Amazings and Happy Healthy Dead. Uh, and where do you do all this stuff? At her website, noelnelson.com. Of course, if you can't remember any of this stuff, you can find Noel's contact info at our website, hitchmag.com. And as I mentioned, all the past archives of the podcast, um, thousands of articles uh, on uh, marriage and relationships and, and lifestyle issues. So check that out. And thank you for tuning in. And one last time, thank you so much, Noel. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. The world is ours tonight.